Welcome to the early bird meeting this morning. It's nice to see all these bright, shining faces here this morning on a beautiful uh, tropical San Antonio day. We don't we don't refer to bad weather here, just uh, tropical weather. Alcoholics Anonymous is a fellowship of men and women who share their experience, strength, and hope with each other that they may solve their common problem and help others to recover from alcoholism. The only requirement for membership is a desire to stop drinking. There are no dues or fees for AA membership. We are self-supporting through our own contributions. AA is not allied with any sect, denomination, politics, organization, or institution. Does not wish to engage in any controversy neither endorses nor opposes any causes. Our primary purpose is to stay sober and help other alcoholics to achieve sobriety. My name is Jack, and I'm an alcoholic. And uh, by the grace of God and through the love of the people in this program, I haven't found it necessary to take a drink since March 24th, 1976. And for that, I'm very grateful. Um, I think I'll uh, ask... Uh, Ray to come and read uh, how it works. Good morning. My name is Ray Iglesias, and I'm an alcoholic. How it works. Rarely have we seen a person fail who has thoroughly followed our path. Those who do not recover are people who cannot or will not completely give themselves to this simple program, usually men and women who are constitutionally incapable of being honest with themselves. They're such unfortunates. They are not at fault. They seem to have been born that way. They're naturally incapable of grasping and developing a manner of living which demands rigorous honesty. The chances are less than average. There are those, too, who suffer from grave emotional and mental disorder, but many of them do recover if they have the capacity to be honest. Our stories disclose in a general way what we used to be like, what happened, and what we are like now. If you have decided you want what we have and are willing to go to the length to get it, then you are ready to take certain steps. At some of these, we balked. We thought we could find an easier and softer way, but we, but we could not. Uh, with all earnestness at our command, we beg of you to be fearless and thorough from the very start. Some of us have tried to hold on our, our old ideas, and the results was nil until we let go absolutely. Remember that we deal with alcohol, cunning, baffling, powerful. Without help, it is too much for us. But there is one who has all the power. That one is God. May you find him now. Half measures availed us nothing. We stood at the turning point. We asked his protection and care with complete abandon. Here are the steps we took, which are suggested as a program of recovery. Number one, we admitted we were powerless over alcohol, that our lives had become unmanageable. Number two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Number three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Number four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Number five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact natures of our wrongs. Number six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of characters. Number seven, humbly ask him to remove our shortcomings. Number eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Number nine, 
made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them, injure them or others. Number 10, continue to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Number 11, thought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge, for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Number 12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we try to carry the message to alcoholics and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Many of us exclaim, what an order. I can go through with it. Do not be discouraged. No one among us has been able to maintain anything like perfect adherence to these principles. We are not saints. The point is that we are willing to grow along spiritual lines. The principles we have set down are guides to progress. We claim spiritual progress rather than spiritual perfection. Our descriptions of the alcoholic, the chapter, the chapter to the agnostic, and our personal adventures before and after make clear three pertinent ideas. Number one, that we are alcoholics and could not manage our own lives. B, that probably no human power could have relieved our alcoholism. And C, that God could and would if he were thought. Thank you very much. Let's um, have a, a moment of uh, prayer followed by the serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. I'm going to uh, read the 24-hour book, the meditation from the 24-hour book today, April 4th, Thought for the Day. When I came into AA, I found men and women who had been through the same things I had been through. But, they, but now they were thinking more about how they could help others than they were about themselves. They were a lot more unselfish than I ever was. By coming to meetings and associating with them, I began to think a little less about myself and a little more about other people. I also learned that I didn't have to depend on myself alone to get out of the mess I was in. I could get a greater strength than my own. Am I now depending less on myself and more on God? Meditation for the day. No man can help unless he understands the man he is trying to help. To understand the problems and temptations of your fellow man, you must have been through them yourself. You must do all you can to understand your fellow man. You must study his background, his likes and dislikes, his reactions and his prejudices. When you see his weaknesses, do not confront him with them. Share your own weaknesses, sins, and temptations, and let him get his own convictions. Prayer for the day. I pray that I may serve as a channel for God's power to come into other men's lives. I pray that I may try to understand my fellow man. Again, we want to welcome all of you to this early bird meeting, and I thought today we would ask um, basically for anyone, any volunteers that, so we'd let people come up as they feel the, the need to talk. Do we have anyone that would like to start off this morning for us? 
How about you, John? Why don't you come up and start for us? I'm John Byrne, and I'm still an alcoholic, and I sure haven't changed since yesterday morning when I was up here. Thank goodness. I, I uh, have been blessed uh, with the opportunity of belonging in AA now close to 12 years. May 1st will be 12 years, the Lord willing. Uh, and of all of the uh, of all of the promises, they have all been exceeded, really by my uh, membership and opportunities and uh, my uh, being a member of uh, this doctor's group and of the doctor's group in Florida. It has been uh, a joy and a privilege and a pleasure. And I just want to share one thing uh, as to the influence of uh, a person on the lives of others. And I refer to Bill Daniels, and I'd like to refer to what happened to me. I came out of treatment at Palm Beach Institute uh, the last of July in 1974. And uh, I attended the five, six days later the first IDAA meeting in Chicago that we attended. And I was introduced there, of course, along with the newcomers, 50 or 60 of us at that time, by Bill. And he got my name and and telephone number there, undoubtedly. But I was uncomfortable, and I was queasy, and I was really not too happy. And I was not uh, aware that anything was going on that was really positive. And this was true all fall. And I, did, I was going to A, and I stayed with it uh, conscientiously. Uh, but I, I, I just didn't uh, get comfortable. And along come January, about mid-January, Bill Daniels started calling Sarasota on Sunday, uh, early, usually around noontime, and he called me on three Sundays out of six weeks before his March meeting in Morristown. And he said, get your up here. Uh, at that time, as I look back, it was what I needed and uh, uh, following the Morristown meeting. I don't believe I'd have ever come back to IDAA uh, had uh, I, I continued feeling like I did after the first Chicago meeting. I, I just was not real comfortable, and I just didn't look forward to any part of it, really. But after the Morristown meeting and after that invasion of my privacy by Bill Daniels, uh, I uh, went and... Uh, uh, the, the sense of enjoyment and belonging and pleasure has increased uh, year by year. And I, I just toss that out for uh, what it's worth, that uh, individual lives uh, can be influenced by message carrying. Thank you, Jack. Thank you. Thank you, John. I, I think we're, all of us, very aware of uh, a number of people, including yourself, who had such a wonderful effect on the lives of others. I know it's, I know it's one, of the, one of the great things in your life, the, the work that you're doing. 
down there. I wonder if we have another volunteer to talk. Uh, how about you, Luke? Why don't you come up and talk with, for us a little bit? I'm Luke. I'm an alcoholic. Hi, Luke. Delighted to be here. Delighted that I was invited. Hope I have a part that's significant in this meeting. I'm sh shortly going to be 30 years historical in AA. <clears throat> Became a part of the doctor's group a year after I was allegedly sober. Uh, there was dry, <coughs> dry drunk sobriety uh, coming by sheer force without much dedication. I was like John, I think. The first year in AA, I was <coughs> going to meetings, being the only doctor in Youngstown that was in the program at the time. I got a lot of attention and. Uh, that didn't help me with the humility problem, and they, <clears throat> they had me talking within three or four months of my last drink, and uh, I was talking to you folks instead of us folks. I was uh, the, I'm sure the arrogant, treat yourself doctor that uh, most of us are, and uh, it was only after I went to Denver in 1957 and ran into a bunch of great doctors. They had a, it wasn't called International Doctors in AA, it was just, it was just doctors in AA. And I met then Dr. Pearson and, and he was the founder and uh, a number of other rather eminent doctors. I was surprised and pleased at the, at the uh, release of information and the uh, candor with which these fellows talked about their problems. Banquet speaker was professor of medicine at the University of Colorado, and he spoke on the subject, the atomic approach to divinity. And uh, But he was like the others who didn't mind talking about their own problems and in an enlightening way. The thing that that did to me, I think, and I, I hope it does to you, any of you who happen to be new, was to identify this as a disease and really not my fault. Up to then, I was filled with uh, degradation and shame and so on. I thought it was weak and be humbling to be an, an admitted alcoholic. And uh, the the fact that a lot of other doctors who certainly had self-respect and pride and happiness in their sobriety were able to talk about it gave me the, a new view on the thing. I went home and said, well, I've got this disease and I could see it's like diabetes or coronary disease or anything else that you have to learn to live with. And uh, the best way to live with these things is to have the most fun and pleasure out of life that you can. My idea of the success with which any of us proceed in our pursuit of sobriety is 
the activity that we're able to do and the ability to project ourselves on others. And uh, I can't help but think again and again of the words of Bill in his, in his last book, in the recent thing that came out, Pass It On. Uh, this is how we stay sober. This is how most of you, this is how John and others are ever mindful of their problem and, and they have fun out of the activities that have to do with sponsoring and uh, active rather than passive acceptance of their own situation. Uh, I'm going to talk again tonight and I don't want to bore you people who will have to hear it twice so I'm not going to talk long. All I can say is that it's, <coughs> that it's a great occasion to, to come to San Antonio and see so many of you here, many of whom I know. Many of you rem I remember when you were still red-nosed and shaky, and uh, uh, it's, a, it's a delight and a pleasure that I have a part in this meeting. Thank you all for being here. Thank you very much, Luke, and we're all very aware of the wonderful effect that you've had on so many lives also. Wonder if Jim? I'm Jim I'm an alcoholic. In April the first, uh, in Texas there's a tradition to give your sobriety date. And mine is April the first, I think. Because it's sometime in March and I'm not sure when. I was in kind of a fog when I sobered up. I got to AA out of a straitjacket, and then things got worse. It's, uh, we talk about this, and I keep forgetting, uh, one fella at Texas Dennis, Josh, Bob, Bob Schultz, he was talking about, he said, I remember when you came in, and, and my ego just kind of blew up, and I said, you, you weren't around when I came in. <laughs> You were you were around when I came back, <laughs> and uh, it's it's this meeting and meetings like this that that made a big difference for me, because uh, when I got to AA, I, I had that same terminal uniqueness that a lot of us do, and I had I had the arrogance of uh, living within my own head, and I thought life was an intellectual exercise to be enjoyed somehow vicariously, but uh, thank the Lord for. Alcoholics Anonymous and the people in them because uh, they didn't let me die. There was a defrocked podiatrist who chased me around along with his sidekick for two years as I was out drinking and, and playing around and going to AA meetings drunk and sober and drunk and sober and, and these guys didn't let me die. Uh, I'm not real good at that myself. I, I gotta admit that. But I have to say that the first guy that I sponsored kept me alive, and that was in 77, 78. And he was a guy that I wouldn't even talk to normally. And now he's a, he's a companion and a friend and a, and a part of my life that, that I'd never have otherwise. It's, it's such an incredible feeling that I have when I go to these meetings and I think about everybody that's here and the ones that I know. And, that, that are so much part of my life when I'm at home and alone with the kids, when I'm 
you know, wake up at six or five in the morning and lay there. I'm not uh, unrested anymore when I wake up at five in the morning. It's just I've had all the sleep I need. And one of my great pleasures now is when I wake up early, I just lay there. God, it's wonderful to wake up early and not have to get up and go to work. In the old days, it was I would worry about what was going to happen all day. And I've just quit that. I just don't worry about what's going to happen all day. You know, I just kind of play. Call it prayer and meditation, if you like. I, I try not to, to structure my meditation. I just let it flow. And it's a beautiful life. My wife is in Al-Anon, and I was talking with John E. this morning. I said, she got to Al-Anon before I got to AA, and I kept her in Al-Anon, you know? <laughs> I was a, uh, one of those drunks that, that uh, had a lot of anger just boiling inside. And uh, that was to, to be a long time releasing, going out. And the people in these rooms have helped me. I'm grateful to be an alcoholic. It's the best thing that ever could have happened to this, this guy. And uh, it's the best thing that ever happened to my wife and my kids. It really is, because they all came along after I got to AA. And each of them is a milestone in sobriety. And I hope that, uh, that I'm around sober when they have kids, you know, that kind of thing. It's, it's a beautiful, beautiful way to be. Everyone here is important. Not so much from what they can teach me or I can learn from them. Just so much that they're, they're part of the whole. and they're, Every guy that comes into this outfit is so important to me, you know. I may not be able to talk to them. I'm, I might not relate at all. I might not even like them. But that's okay. You know, the ones I don't like, I remember. And that's all right, too. I thank you for listening. Let's hear from Chuck D. from Orlando. Is he here? Okay. Tulio, why don't you come up and share with us? My name is Tulio. I'm an alcoholic. Yes. I, like Dr. Reed, would like to save a little bit for later on. I think I'm going to be called on the third step. And, uh, but uh, I am extremely grateful, really grateful to the A program. The A program, I think, for me is a is a gift of God, and and it works through the people that are in the A program, and uh, because of that, I'm grateful to the people that have helped me through the AA program. I'm very especially grateful to the people I molded my early sobriety, my beginning of this life, because I was born eight years ago, nine years ago, uh, before I was just 
living sort of loose in this world, doing the things that were wild. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and uh, finally, finally, God caught up with me. And uh, <laughs> either the devil or God, one or the others, I think both of them caught up with me. <laughs> and, I, and I came into a, a uh, God through a policeman in my town, South Orange, pulled me in a straight jacket and took me through the rehabilitation center. And then I learned about this disease. After the rehabilitation center, I came to Bill Daniel, and he was the earlier uh, mentor in what I am today. Uh, there in the Morristown group, I met many, many. As a matter of fact, all of them are helping me from the beginning and are still helping now. Even, you know, I learned more from the beginners. Uh, but in the beginning, you had to be taught, you had to be guided. And uh, I extremely grateful to a man that is still my sponsor. And that's Tony Camino. Tony uh, sort of guided me spiritually. He saw, sort of, in, in his own way, he showed me the way to God. And there was another man that I really uh, sort of gave me a joke. And that was uh, Hans Gregorius. You heard him last night. And he said, why don't you uh, start making signs and talk with your heart? And I shake me up because uh, I was going to talk, tell the world. Uh, when I learn about this disease, I want to teach the whole world how to do it. <laughs> but I didn't realize that I had to learn myself how to do it myself and to do it in a humble way and, and turn myself to God first. And then, like uh, the uh, reading of the day today, it was very appropriate for me uh, tell somebody that needs that kind of help, talk about yourself, talk about your story, don't try to talk at him, try to talk with him. And uh, all through these three people that have more than my life, and they still do it, they still do it. They don't know why God is working through them to me. Maybe God works through me to others. This is the way it is here in the I think this way I believe. I came to believe that it is. We all children of God. And we all sort of form a, we call it fellowship, but it's a, a tie-hand grip, it's a love grip that it doesn't exist in any other place but here. And uh, for all of those things, for all of those things, I'm very grateful. I'm very grateful 
that through this program have learned to love my close one, to love them, to have compassion for them, and to just love them, and to have understanding of their feeling, and do not impose my feelings on them, even if they are my own wife or my own children. All of those things I have learned, I learned, learning is living, and living is learning. All of those things I have learned through Alcoholics Anonymous. And I believe, no question in my heart, in my mind, that this fellowship is a special gift of God for us. So because of that, I'm grateful to God. Thank you. Thank you very much, Julio. Wonder if we have another volunteer. Good morning, I'm Martinson, I'm an alcoholic. <clears throat> that was so <clears throat> good for me to hear the message of hope from <clears throat> they found when they came in the A from Luke Reed and from John. His, that happened to me too, you know. <clears throat> I've been in Morristown a few years ago. <clears throat> There's a gentleman there, I don't want to call his name, but he kept saying in AA there is hope for the hopeless and help for the helpless. You know, <clears throat> like Tulio, <clears throat> God gave me the gift of sobriety, but his working through people like you and other people like you in AA gave me the gift of hope and not only that you gave me the tools and taught me how to use those tools in order to maintain my sobriety and for this I'm grateful and I thank you for it this morning one of the tools that you certainly have taught me which is a tool which probably I don't use as often as I should or as well as I could but it so far serves me each day and that is the tool of prayer and meditation which was mentioned here already you know I've found that when my days are hemmed with prayer they're less likely to unravel you know even though I may hem them in the morning with my early morning prayer and meditation. Later on in the day, they seem to want to unravel a little bit. But it's easy to fix that unraveling by taking just a moment and making recontact, you know. And there are some lines that I'd like to share with you from, I think Bishop Cushman wrote them. It says, I met God in the morning when my day was at its best. The presence came like sunrise, like a glory in my breast. 
All day long the presence lingered. All day long he stayed with me. And we sailed in perfect calmness o'er a very troubled sea. Other ships were blown and battered. Other ships were so distressed. But the winds that seemed to drive them brought to us a peace and rest. Then I think of other mornings with a keen remorse of mine, when I too had loosed the moorings with the presence left behind. Now I think I know the secrets, learned from many a troubled way. You must seek him in the morning if you want him through the day. Thank you very much. I'm grateful to be here. Thank you very much, Martin. Let's hear from uh, Tom. My name is Tom, and I'm an alcoholic. Hello, everyone. Uh, these type of meetings are something that was... Uh, I like what Luke had to say a minute ago, something that's exper experientially part of the living that is a gift. I sobered up in Temple, Texas in July of 1981. And uh, it was shortly after that, about eight or nine, <clears throat> I guess about eight or nine months, that uh, one of my sponsors said to me, there's a meeting that I want you to go to out in El Paso, Texas. And I was, I was going through uh, a set of circumstances that were, I thought, uh, no one else had gone through. And I, uh, I got off a plane that I, I hadn't ridden in 16 years. And, and was given the opportunity to meet and and enjoy the fellowship of people who interestingly enough began to give me and feed me bits and parcels of human experience that were not unique but common and uh, individual yet something that could uh, be a part of of a step through life that became a recovery for me. I sat at a dinner table with John M. from Minnesota and alone in a hospitality room with Tony from New Jersey and was led by the nape of the neck by a fellow by the name of Bill Daniels in a newcomer's meeting to to share with you all for the first time. And I began to experience the things that were part of the recovery process that has led and fed uh, along uh, a way of life that I had run from and hidden from for so many, many years. Uh, I say to those of you who may be a little new and 
those of you who are coming along this life's pathway that recovery for me has been uh, a step daily through a meditation and prayer process that God has used to give me uh, an an infinite amount of wisdom into an ingredient of life that I never knew much about and that was honesty that to be a fellow of man that you had to be a fellow with yourself and I'd never learned dishonesty and God gave me the capacity to acquire it through a group like yourselves Luke said a minute ago that it was not until years later that the individuality that he had experienced and kept to himself became a common ground to experience the life and behavior of other people through an identification and this is how I got well through this group you gave me a great degree of honesty and you gave me a great degree of of being able to identify with with the pain and the and the uh, terminal uniqueness as I heard expressed a moment ago that 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 God gives us to open up a new world And this world for me has been a world of reaching out and feeling the grasp of not only people like you, but you people. And uh, and a hand that I had never felt before. And I like a little of what Tulio said. Tulio, I met you on a tape about, uh, I don't know, six months ago, I think. I corresponded with Tony in, in New Jersey and and he responded as he always does beautifully and flowerly and it's almost as if I could close my eyes and see the gesture and the and the love and the warmth and then the ingredient of sticking his face right up in yours and saying I love you and uh, and I felt that warmth and that tape from from you as I listened to it and this is part of what uh, this gift is all about for me it's a warmth and human encounter that no one but God himself can provide and I think you have to you have to lift that last veil of of uh, self out of the way and begin to experience and feel the uh, the sharing and the warmth and the dynamic of people and the hearts of recovering doctors and this has been a part of of my experience through this fellowship and I'm going to share a little later on today and I I I want to take this moment to to just say how grateful that uh, these moments are and I I see my wife has just come in in the back and sat down and she's she's a part of this experience for me she was one of the people who led me eventually to this group and uh, and we uh, this is our second meeting together, my fourth IDAA meeting, and and I uh, I'm looking forward to the moments here, and and I say uh, it's so good to see all the Johns in the in the audience. John E, who was a bedfellow of mine in Minneapolis a couple of years ago, and I think his wife with him today. I'm looking forward to meeting you, and and uh, and. Uh, and all the fellowship uh, through the remaining days that we have. And thank you, 
thank you all for letting me be a part of this. I believe Tulio wanted to talk a little bit more. You know, my name is Tulio and I'm alcoholic. You know, one that gave me going it's very hard to stop. Only one man is building is that you only can talk for three minutes. <laughs> you know, when what was the name of, of the fellow was here just now? Tom. Tom. When Tom was talking, uh, tears Tom tears came to my eyes. And the reason I came over I asked permission to Jack. Just for two minutes I'm gonna share with you another tape experience. Uh, this July, last July, I went to uh, England to a seminar, anesthesia seminar, and uh, uh, was an international seminar in anesthesia. We're sharing all the knowledge in Europe. And uh, as soon as I get to the hotel in London, the Selfridge Hotel, I call intergroup in London. And uh, I said, I need to go to AA. I was getting a little jittery. And uh, they call it the, the lack, jet lack. <laughs> and uh, so they say, okay, hold on a minute, doctor. He said, okay, I have one for you. It's only three blocks from your hotel. So I went there. It was one o'clock in the afternoon. And I walk in. Of course, I was smiling, you know, and uh, uh, the, there was somebody to receive you, and I say, I'm new, I'm from the United States. Oh, fine, let me introduce you to the leader. So the leader, his name was Mike. Mike, I said, hello, Mike, my name is Tulio. He said, Tulio, you saved my life. Five years ago, I said, I can't believe this. I mean, in London, saving somebody's life, well, he also had bought a San Antonio tape when I was here six years ago, and I was sharing how disastrous, how bad it is for me to get overtired. The word halt, don't get hungry, lonely, tired. Tired is like a poison for me. I become a madman. And uh, he said, you saved my life because I am the same way like you. Now this was a leader in a regular AA in London and he just happened to be a doctor in London, a general practitioner in London that had bought a tape, I don't know how, the six year ago San Antonio tape. I hugged him, he hugged me, and I cried like a baby. I cried like a baby. I don't tell the things as an ego treat, but I tell this as a love that I can't never describe. I, the only thing I could do is cry. Like I share a little tears with Tom said that he made me through a tape. This is the way AA works. Thank you.